0: Hey, Doug.
1: Hey, Karen. that's what? Uh, what?
0: We're on the Double Four season four, episode four.
1: Oh, my God! Is there, uh, is it called like a golden something?
0: No, it's simply shocking.
1: It is. Well, did you think this episode was shocking?
0: No. What I thought, oh, that maybe a little bit, um, at the shock moment. But, um I felt like this was one of those uh, groundwork
1: episodes yeah, it's like a pivot Because right. they, they, they've like produced their new characters, they've started new storylines, and they're like, and now we're bringing on some we're taking them in totally new directions, starting soon
0: and I've got three words for you. Okay Anthony, Zabato
1: junior Antonio. Zabato Jr. Oh, Antonio,
0: I screwed up his name. Look at that. (laughs) Oops. So, okay, talk to me about Antonio Zabato Jr. at this point.
1: Like what he was in life?
0: Yeah, like what he was at at this particular point in time. Because, you know, my memory gets all screwed up. Was he he a hot...
1: He... yeah. He was, like, yeah, he was very much like Patrick Muldoon. Like, he was hot, still best known for that Janet Jackson video, Love Will Never Do Without You. But he was also on General Hospital. Right. And he was Jagger on General Hospital. And that was, like, a big deal, but I don't think, but he wasn't, like, super well-known. Like, he was still better known for having been a model than any, like, acting. Got it. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay,
1: So, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll catch up to that. We're getting slightly ahead of ourselves, but, but, um, yeah, he's joining the show for a bit, starting this episode.
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess I sort of find it kind of funny because isn't he on like all, isn't he on all the, um, like the, the Hallmark-y things now? Is that his thing?
1: I think he did that for a long spell. Now he's like a Republican running for Either president or governor of California or something.
0: Oh, that's a head-scratcher.
1: Without, like, a lot of credence, but guess.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I guess when you have the TV money, you can do whatever you want.
1: Yeah, I don't think he has much TV money from Melrose, though. Probably not. I mean, he
0: had to have gotten a nice payout from all those, um, you know, hallmarky things, right?
1: Yeah, I don't remember how many he actually did. And I don't remember if he had, like, a burst, like, in the late 90s. Following his Melrose tenure,
0: I mean, I feel like the role. I don't want to give anything away here, right? But I feel like the role that he played in this episode, he like did it a few times, on different
1: episodes.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, but I can't remember like what, because it was a really long time ago.
1: Um. Yeah, I'm gonna do some recon. Listeners, if there are Antonio Sabato Jr. fans out there, or even one. (laughs) uh, Let us know it is claim to famous.
0: Yeah, please do. Please do. Because there's gotta be one out there. There's gotta be one.
1: Yeah, I um yeah. For me I feel like his big thing was was General Hospital. So it's like stuff that happened prior to this. But like yeah, that would have been like that's like perfect nineties casting. Okay. All
0: right. So, I guess where do we begin? We we begin at the we begin at the beginning. I mean, the cold Very, open was like, pretty ominous, right? We
1: begin We begin with an homage to my favorite movie of all time, The Silence of the Lambs.
0: Yeah, it was kind of um it was kind of creepy.
1: But like creepy like you are actually weirded out or creepy like you're like, "Oh, I see what you're doing." Yeah, that one. Okay. That's why I figured. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that
1: one. <laughs> so, Michael is visiting Kimberly, and it doesn't take long before we realize this is not real, but it's a dream sequence. Or a nightmare sequence, I should say. Right. And and he's, like, going through this long corridor to her room, and she's waiting there in her, like, blue uniform, standing very erect, just like uh, Anthony Hopkins does the first time Jodie Foster meets Hannibal Lecter. Um... And then she like they exchange a few words, and then she like dislodges the sink from her wall and smashes <laughs> through the glass door, the that, door. That was like the biggest what the fuck moment.
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna rip the sink out of the wall because Hannibal Lecter yeah. didn't do that.
1: Yeah, that was a very non-Hannibal yeah. thing. To do. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. So, and but but ultimately, the effect is. Uh, Michael is very unnerved and still feels like they have to do more to ensure Kimberly can never come near him again.
0: Right. And, and so he, he begins plotting. Exactly. Yes. And oh, what a plot it is.
1: And oh, who else could it possibly include? Right. Right. So, um, I don't know. Should we go thread by thread or just scene by scene? Uh, it's up to you. You call it. Well, you do the notes scene by scene. Let's just go linearly. Okay. But I'm going to say this. Yes. I very much enjoyed this episode and I enjoyed rewatching it. There are a couple moments that I have actually remembered for almost 25 years that I thought were like campy highs then and like still kind of remain now. Did they they have to do with my girl? What's up?
0: The campy campy highs had to do with my girl, didn't they? My girl said. Not all of them. I'm trying to think then. Who else could have been the campy high?
1: We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Um, it's not enough to, like, really graft over the whole episode. Though, so I'm, like, this is not, for me, one of, like, the bad season four episodes that are to come.
0: I mean, I have to say, maybe this is a, an Alyssa conversation, um, they've really changed, speaking of Sid, her makeup.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, because I always talk about, I don't like Sid's bangs, I don't like her hair in this, but, yeah, her makeup, too. And Alyssa's like, yeah, she looks just like... Something listeners, Karen, pause. I'm gonna ask my beloved who she compared it to. Oh,
0: yes, back? I'm glad I brought this up. Yeah, I am too. Do, hey, do, 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 do. I don't know why I'm doing Suzanne Vega here. I'm just trying I'm to back. make time, guys. I'm making time. I'm do, back. Do, 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 do. I'm doing Susan Vega.
1: Two, the lead singer of Delight, Groovins in the Heart. Do you she remember? is not wrong. No, no, she's never wrong.
0: She's not wrong. I, I can definitely see that. She's <laughs> definitely got the winged out eyes happening. And yeah. Yeah. And she's got kind of a little bit of a pompadour thing going on with her hair.
1: Yeah, totally. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that I think was, the, was like probably my, one of my biggest takeaways from the episode was that they complete. And it's odd because they didn't really change anybody else's look. I mean, Jane's hair is a little bit different. But in terms of like people's like, like they just they they really turned her her style around.
1: Well, okay, let's. So Kimberly has gotten a haircut. She's got the Rachel essentially because this was when everyone had the Rachel. Okay. Um and, like, Jane has continued to grow her hair out, so yep. that's why it's different. Um, Amanda's hair is longer. Heather Locklear's hair has she's grown her hair out.
0: But it's still the same style. And Allison,
1: too. Allison's pretty much the same. She's just grown it out a bit longer and a little bit blonder than it's been. Um, But, like, Sid is the only one where it's, like... Obvious. Obvious and, like, majorly styled differently to the point where, like, you project a different kind of demeanor. But, and I may have said this before, maybe in episode one of the season, I think all of the men across the board look the very best right now on the show. They're all looking very clean cut, but I think they're all looking good. Like, Billy doesn't look like a doofus, hair-wise. Um, yeah, but his shirts are still too big. And yeah, and he's still wearing, like, like... Ridiculous pants. He's wearing basically like khaki-you-can't-touch-this-hammer pants. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, Matt looks good. Jake looks good. Almost interchangeably good. Um, I mean, like, Richard Hart looks like Whatever Patrick Muldoon looked like, but um, I think yeah, uh, and Peter probably looks as good as his hair is ever going to look. Um, yeah, so I think the dudes look good, and that's basically all I have to say there.
0: Okay, all right, so moving on. Okay, so we we're going to Billy's apartment, and now when we left this off with uh, with Brooke and, and Amanda,
1: remember last
0: episode. Um, Brooke was doing some snooping in Amanda's personal files.
1: Yeah. The secret locked away file.
0: The secret locked away file. When we found out that Amanda apparently lived in Miami, Florida and had a different last name.
1: Yeah. Amanda Woodward was Amanda Parisi. So I'm going to go into this a bit. I mean, it happens a bit later in the episode. I'll just start talking about it now. This is a major retcon. And I don't know if the writers were just like, we need a new story. We don't care or if they just didn't remember that Amanda Woodward had spent her whole life born and raised in LA, but now they're making her from Miami.
0: The whole, okay. I'm not saying I dislike this storyline, but we're doing the Melrose place thing. Well, I mean, the storyline hasn't even really evolved into anything yet to hate, but they're doing this thing again where I was like, wait, how could she have this secret life when we met her dad?
1: Right, and that is this is all our retcon. This it's completely a new background for our character, uh, and we'll do it again in the final season
0: to Amanda. Yeah, how many lives is this poor woman gonna live?
1: Well, I wouldn't call her a poor woman, but yeah, wow, it's just and yeah, wow, Ryder Fiat.
0: Okay, so. Billy so Bill asleep. wakes up
1: and hears uh, his wife on the phone.
0: Yeah. And she's booking a flight to Miami just for her, not for him. And he confronts her about it. And she claims it's um, she's looking into a real estate deal that daddy turned her on um, to, you know, what she could, what, how she's going to invest the 10 grand her mom wants. Her. Right. And Billy's like, oh, OK, and that's it.
1: Yeah. Not even that weirded out by it.
0: No, he's kind of okay with it. I guess he doesn't really like her much, I don't think.
1: No, but also, like, he's very... He's more obedient with someone who's clearly conniving than I would be. Like, when she's like, the only thing worse than morning breath is orange juice breath. Don't drink that. Brush your teeth. I'd be like, shut up. You're going to Miami for no, like, good reason. Oh, she is just
0: obnoxious.
1: She is.
0: She's so obnoxious.
1: Yeah, she is. Yes, I'm not sure exactly what they wanted to do with her when they first drew Brooke, and how they may have tried to re reposition her at the start of this season, because she's not a meddler the way Sid was a meddler, and she do- and she can't hold her own as an antagonist opposite our principal leads on the show. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's. It's just obnoxious.
0: Yeah. She just comes off it. I just, and once again, like I'm not a fan of Kristen Davis, nothing personal, Kristen Davis, but I just don't find her appealing to watch
1: or be friends with. I I still don't think I share that. I'm more just, uh, it's the writing. It's the character that bothers me.
0: It is, but I, it's also the way that she plays her and I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I got the same thing from her character on Sex and the on City. Sex
1: and the City, yeah. Yeah, you
0: know, same ick factor.
1: I All think, right. I think it is personal with you. I hate to tell you. I
0: know, maybe it is. <laughs> Isn't that weird, though, to have such a, a reaction to somebody you don't even know?
1: Um, no, because I probably have that 100 times a day.
0: Oh, okay. It's so strange, though, how that
1: happens. It is, but I think that means you're clocking in, you're You're honing in on something that is there.
0: Interesting.
1: So I don't think it's wrong.
0: Interesting. Okay. We're going to go to Jake's apartment now. Now, remember, also last episode, Jake had a surprise visitor.
1: Yeah. Surprise to everyone.
0: Surprise to everyone. Jess was married to Shelly, and Shelly showed up at Jake's doorstep looking for Jess. And Jake had to be the one to tell tell her that he was dead. So now... Joe's in the apartment, the shower confronting Jake about Shelley. I guess Jake has told her about Shelley. The shower is going and Shelley is in the shower and Joe is uh, not having any of it. She is not happy.
1: Yeah, well Joe comes in a little unhappy because I guess Jake canceled their plans the night before when Shelley showed up but didn't really tell her why. So he was like can't talk, can't meet, bye. So she's like what what's going on? And he's like, "Well, Jess apparently had a wife or ex wife, and she showed up, and now she's staying here. And I told her that he's dead, but I didn't tell her anything else. And she's like, Well, you can't. Don't and, say anything.
0: And in, you know, they're in the middle of this conversation, and out of the shower, in a towel soaking wet, comes blonde, skinny Shelly. Shelly. And so immediately poor Joe is threatened because remember just what last episode, they decided that they were going to go give exclusive the old college try, right? Like they were going to get back together. They were going to be a couple. And now it looks like you, you can almost see like Daphne going, here we go again.
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Just like all of us watching.
0: Yeah. Like let's just throw another wrench in the Jake and Joe relationship like they can't like can't they just like let them be a couple for like five minutes
1: i know i know like just just have your adventures and have your fun for a bit before the next hurdle comes
0: right because then the hurdle like at this point the hurdles are kind of eye right like yep. you don't believe in the hurdles because they're they're too, they're constant the hurdles are constant So it just becomes like, eh, whatever. Whereas if they had given them an opportunity to let that relationship grow, I think that we would have taken this next hurdle way more seriously.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, I think this whole storyline is really dumb, but it's also too soon.
0: I mean, honestly, I'm, you know, considering they get, what, how many shows a season? Like, they get a shit ton of shows a season.
1: Yeah, it's like 32 or something. They,
0: like, speed through these storylines. Yeah. It's kind of weird to me how they don't let them kind of evolve a little bit.
1: But that was also the model for daytime soaps through the 80s and 90s. They would have, like, 17 storyline arcs a year. Now yeah. they start one out for more than a year.
0: Yeah, but they were dailies. Like that was the difference, like the soaps were daily, so you could have like a, a, a your your pace on your storylines could be rapid but you but because you had so many you had five episodes a week, you have five hours of- of 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 t v to actually draw out those storylines so even though maybe a storyline would last two weeks, you would still have ten episodes
1: ten episodes of it you know what I mean yeah. I mean, I don't think they always do that with these, but, but for this one, yes. Yeah.
0: So it looks like we're not going to have Joe and Jake for much longer, I'm afraid.
1: Um. Yeah.
0: We hardly knew ye. Yeah.
1: Really? Oh, Shelly thing sucks, but yeah. it's also not worth dwelling on. So yes, we should continue.
0: Okay. So now we have kind of like a little filler moment at the hospital between um, Michael, uh, who's on the phone sort of yelling at somebody about making sure that Kimberly stays in her cell and um, in walks Sid with like, you know, a high stack of files.
1: Yeah, Sid is apparently a very good office administrator, and she was able to connive some of the patients that they could take with them for Michael and Peter's new practice. Um, so she's like, these were all the files that we're allowed to take with us. Um, and and then, then Peter shows up.
0: Yeah, and then Peter shows up. But interestingly, they're only Michael's files. She didn't bother with Peter's. She does not like Peter Burns.
1: No, Sid will also do anything for Michael. Right.
0: Um, so-, so...
1: Sid is not wrong. To distrust Peter?
0: No, and remember, she didn't like Jess either.
1: Correct. Good radar on her.
0: Hmm. Yes, she has a good one. Um. So Peter basically tells Michael to cut it out with the uh, with with um with Kimberly. Kimberly. You know, because he's still on he's still on team Kimberly, and then they run into the chief of staff,
1: Doctor Calvin Hobbs. Yes, and he yes. surprising,
0: and he says something about how Matt was fired, and he said, you know,
1: and he uses the f word. I know that's the shocking part.
0: I mean, they just came right out and said it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was the, the f word as a gay slur. Mm. I should say not not the f word, the fuck word. No,
1: no not the one that rhymes with duck. Yeah, no. yes, yeah. the gay slur. It, which for slur. for a second, I thought you just said as in Gizzler. And I was like, I don't I don't know what <laughs>
0: I don't know what a
1: Gisler is.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> so we dropped the F bomb. A F bomb.
1: Right. So so he's made it clear that Matt was fired last week. Um, and like, that he's a horrible person. Yes,
0: basically. And so and the reason why he fired Matt was not because Matt had a relationship um with another staff member, it is because He's homophobic. And that's why Matt got fired.
1: Correct. And I guess while we're on that that subject, uh, my beloved has brought this up two episodes in a row. Of all of the main characters on the show, is Billy the only one to have not been arrested by now?
0: (sighs) Main male characters? Or or any of them?
1: Like all of our... um, like opening credit lead characters
0: Has Jane been arrested?
1: Well when she was Set up to for Michael's attempted murder Right um, okay. I guess Amanda hasn't been arrested right? Yeah
0: no I don't think Amanda's been arrested right?
1: I don't think so Everyone else I think has
0: Interesting I don't know I made it out of my 20s without being arrested
1: Yeah I'm turning 40 In about 7 minutes and I've yet to be arrested So go me <laughs> <laughs> okay. But you
0: know, oh, there's still time.
1: It's always a new decade waiting. Yes. For new there's still to time.
0: Okay, now we're gonna go to um to uh, where do we where do we go? We go to D and D.
1: Um, and sitting in Amanda's office. Yep. And Amanda comes in and isn't really weirded out by the fact that Allison is sitting in her office uninvited. She's just like. Uh, we, can't, we don't really have time to talk right now. We got a lot going on or something like that.
0: Well, she was looking for a file and Allison was like, oh, it's right by your phone.
1: Well, she says that and, and she's like, yeah, I've got to focus on something and Allison's like, oh, it's right there under your phone. And Amanda's no dummy. She's like, wait a minute. How did you know that?
0: And Allison does let it spill that indeed she has gotten her sight back.
1: And Amanda's like, I can't sanction this, but I would have played this just as well. I see what you're doing. Um, I mean, which is true. Um, and and Allison is basically like, look, if Billy wants to come to this realization on his own that he still likes me, I'm not going to stop him from seeing, you know, the error of his ways. Um, and then she tells Amanda, she goes, by the way, She didn't know that I saw this because she didn't think I could see, but I saw Brooke drawing through your super private locked drawer and Amanda bolts up and goes straight out to Brooke sitting in her little, at the steno pool where the rest of them sit.
0: And, of course, Brooke denies it, but then after Amanda has her blow up at her, um, you know, Allison walks out of the office.
1: As this is the first of my favorite moments that I've remembered for 25 years from this episode. Oh, okay. Allison walks back out of that hallway, back into the steno pool, um, and, like, over blinds herself like overdoes it to make it look like she still has blindness. So she's like really pantomiming with her hands that she doesn't know where she's going and it's so hysterical. I love it.
0: <laughs> but between the overblindness and the fact that, you know, she was caught red-handed being, you know, in Al- Amanda's files, I think Brooks put two and two together.
1: Brooks on to Allison. Yeah,
0: and she's on to Allison and she's pretty sure that Allison can see.
1: Yeah, in fairness, Allison has not done a very good job of hiding. No.
0: But, you know, I, I have to imagine it's very different, difficult to pretend to be blind.
1: Yeah, especially when you are, like, actually going to work all day every day.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I can't imagine it being an easy thing to pretend to be.
1: No, but let's not rationalize this one. Right.
0: So I guess next we're going to go to Mackenzie Hart, where.
1: Uh, I hate this story. I know it's so.
0: So Jane's meeting with banker.
1: It's so it's like whiplash inducing. There's so much back and forth to this for no real gain. But anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like first they're like Jane and Richard are together, then they're fighting, then they're together, then they're fighting, then they break up, then they make up, and it doesn't make any sense.
1: No, and it's also, like, Richard is a Nimrod, but Jane is really the wrong one here, so I'm not even sure who I want to win any of their fights. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like I don't like either one of them. Right. Even though I like Jane with a spine, this is Jane with a spine just being a
1: douchebag. Yeah, it's too twisted.
0: Yeah. So... Jane meets with the banker. Apparently the banker is impressed by her. So they're getting a line of credit. Richard shows up. He's late and he's like pissy about like Jane meeting with the banker. And I'm like, dude, you were late. You walk in going, I'm so sorry. I'm late. Well, what do you expect? Um, so, so she's got to like go massage his little ego. And while she's massaging his ego, he fricking proposes.
1: Yeah, he takes a ring right out of his jacket pocket. And he's like, the proposal is basically like, oh, and this is for you. I'm ready to make this a thing. And she's like, oh, yeah, of course, I'd love to marry you. Like, it's weird.
0: Yeah, meanwhile, they're like having this fight about the banker. And like, Richard's got his issues with Jane running the company. and, And then he's like, but let's get married.
1: He came in hot and pissed off. But he had an engagement ring on him. Meanwhile, he's proposing in, like, daylight at a meeting, and also his wife has been dead for seven seconds.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was actually thinking about this earlier. They have been together for five episodes.
1: Like, even Billy and Brooke were probably together longer before they got engaged than Richard and Jane are.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, five episodes, they met, the wife blew up, (laughs) And now they're getting married. I mean, it's like, what? Jane, Jane, like, oh, well, I, I I'm sorry. I skipped a step there. Jane, Jane assumed the, uh, the dead wife's identity.
1: Right. You know, right. basically. Jane,
0: yeah. Yeah. And isn't that kind of creepy? Yeah. Like, not only does she take this woman's, like, company and she's kind of pretending to be her because, even though she's not pretending to be her. She's pretending her designs are Mackenzie's. And she's sleeping with Mackenzie's ex husband. And it's yeah. really
1: weird. Without it's... like there ultimately, like, the onus will fall on Jane for having been overly aggressive, but she's not really getting full blame for like just how gross she's being.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The one person who really is into how gross she's being is is Joe, and we'll catch up to that too.
0: Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to go to Jess's grave, which I have to say, for Jake not liking his brother, he sure got him a nice little headstone.
1: Yeah. Those things are money. Because it's so nice, they're they're visiting it twice. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, well, we put this whole little prop together, so we might as well get some extra (laughs) mileage out of it.
0: Might as well keep using it. Um, so Jake takes Shelley to the grave and it's and it's at the grave where he basically tells her how Jess died and, and he was potentially, not really at fault but kind of at fault um, and she's basically like, yeah, I'm not surprised Jess is an ass
1: yeah, she was like, no one knew Jess better than I did he was horrible yeah, and this doesn't surprise
0: me okay, let's go get a beer I don't
1: know uh,
0: <laughs> and then they just kind of
1: leave. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so Are we at Shooters now? Yeah, we're at Shooters.
1: With Drunk Matt. With Drunk Matt. So Matt is fired. Matt is unemployed. Um, and Matt has gone through some serious trauma and jail time. Um, so he's drunk. So gets to play drunk, and they give him like extra dark eye makeup so he looks like really like. Tired and bloodshot, and he's you know like irascible, and um, and it's fun to watch him get to play that.
0: Honestly, if I've been through what Matt's been through, I'd be drunk too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be going to shooters either. I'd be well, I guess Allison's vodka collection all blew up, but I'd be doing even harder stuff probably.
0: Yeah. Um. So, Michael is there being a good friend to Matt?
1: Yeah, mostly.
0: Mostly. Um, so he tells Matt about um, Hobbes. Dr. And, Calvin Hobbs. Yeah, Calvin Hobbes and the homophobic remarks.
1: Yeah.
0: And he wants Matt to
1: act on it. Um, yeah, he's like, we can totally sue and, and we have proof now because I'm a witness. Like, you would win this case.
0: And, and Matt, no, Matt's got Michael's number.
1: Yeah, he's well there's something in it for you too.
0: Yeah, he's like, Well, what's in it for you? How much percentage do you want on the on the lawsuit? And Michael's like, I don't want anything. This is about you. And he's like, No, it's not. And then Michael's like, Well, okay, it would put me in line for the chief of staff job. Since when? Nobody likes Michael at the hospital.
1: Yeah, but somehow he gets to keep his job, which is more than Matt was able to do.
0: And apparently, he's Teflon over there, I guess. All right. So so Michael wants his shot at chief of staff, and um, and he thinks that Matt is is the is the way in. Yes. Now I don't know how hospitals work, but could he be chief of staff and still have his
1: private practice?
0: No. Okay, but I guess it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I I don't really think this is how any hospital works.
0: Okay. Well, speaking of how hospitals work. <laughs> We're going back to the hospital to take a look at Kimberly, right? I have a question.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Okay, I have two questions. Okay, on one of the, at one point in the episode on one of the establishing shots of the pre-Kimberly sort of scenes, right? We're shown a hospital that does not look like Wilshire Memorial. So well, this whole time I was kind of assuming that she was in some sort of like special section of Wilshire Memorial. But it turns out it looks like she's in a completely different hospital based on the establishing shots, right?
1: Um, Yes, I think she is. But ask your second question, because it may dovetail with mine.
0: How the hell is Peter always there?
1: That's what I thought you were going to say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like remember when she like ran to the rooftop of the hospital and like slammed the pencil in that one doctor and Peter just happened to see her and follow her up the stairs?
0: Well, like I think that might have been at Wilson Memorial, but now it seems like she's at another hospital.
1: Is that since she made that big lunge at the in the courtroom two weeks ago?
0: Yeah, like maybe she's now out of the private the private hospital and she's in like a, a, a an a, asylum a, a, an asylum like a like a, like, a, like a a, a police like what was it called um like a prison hospital you know.
1: It could be. But it
0: doesn't I'm matter, sure. because why is Peter still always there?
1: Because, as we're about to find out, he is very devoted slash obsessed to her cause. And I guess he doesn't have actual patience, maybe because he, like, should still be in jail. Whatever. Um, and uh, so I guess because of his obsession with Kimberly and exonerating her somehow, uh, he decides he just always has to be around her.
0: Okay. Because, you know, she's... So so. the voice is back, that, that weird... <laughs>
1: Yeah, her her version of Bob. Yeah, Yeah.
0: the charm demon is like in her head, and she sort of like flips out because he's there, and she has like an episode, and and all the orderlies rush in to try and calm her down, and so does Peter. Peter's there. Peter's always there.
1: Yeah, there's probably never going to be a scene with Kimberly that doesn't end up somehow connecting to Peter right now. Right.
0: So anyway, poor Kimberly. There. Poor Kimberly. They strap her down, and they give her shock treatment. Yeah. She, you know, I have to say, once again, Marsha Cross nails it.
1: Yep. I mean, Kimberly is almost, like, irrelevant in some of these episodes, and yet Marsha Cross is still doing some of the best acting.
0: Yeah, she was really, really extraordinary, um, especially at the moment, like, right before they rushed into her room where she was like on her bed and she was like having like a freak out because the voice wouldn't leave her alone. And she was like standing on her bed. And I was like, Oh my God, like she was so good. She was really, yeah. really good.
1: No, she really is. Yeah. And it did sort of go recognized at the time that like, all right, Melrose is a primetime soap, but by the way, Marsha Cross was really good.
0: Yeah. she She's putting in some, some wonderful work. So yay, Marsha Cross.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um okay we're going back to Melrose place with uh Billy is sitting with Allison by the pool. I,
1: yeah which by the way looks clean.
0: I guess I guess they finally got it all cleaned out. Yeah. Um and he's reading her the newspaper. Um uh, because she's still blind or Billy thinks she is. And that's when um uh Brooke comes down with her bags packed and she's going to um uh, Miami.
1: incidentally um, not to bring it down but she's like Billy why aren't you why are you only telling me the good news and he says something about like well you really want to hear about other things including and he says mass shootings do you remember did you catch that I
0: actually didn't catch that
1: yeah which timing wise we're filming this right after the weekend that had two or three big awful shootings Um, just saying I heard that like Hours after the, the, I heard Billy say that hours after the news of those horrible things happened, and I was like, "Damn!"
0: Were they referring to Columbine in this particular? No, if
1: this predates Columbine, but but they were still a thing then, just not as frequent as they are now.
0: Huh. Because, I, I mean, my memory only for mass shootings only goes to Columbine and nothing really yeah. before that.
1: I feel like they happened more around the world than they did in our country until about 20 years ago. So anyway, anyway. That, that clearly caught my attention. But yes, yeah, so then Brooke appears, ready for her uh, flight to Miami.
0: Yeah, and um, she sort of drops a hint that she's pretty sure <laughs> that Allison can see.
1: Yeah, and because Allison pretty much just, like, strolls right back to Jane's apartment. Like she knows exactly where to go. So, so yeah, that doesn't help. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and she's already suspicious because of, um, Amanda knowing that she was sleeping. All right. Um, so we're going to go back to the hospital. I'm assuming it's Wilshire Memorial, um, where Sid is asking Peter why he wants, uh, why he is so hell bent on saving Kimberly.
1: And then we get some new backstory.
0: Yes. And it was so nice to get a little backstory. Yeah. Um, because it really so, does
1: answer a bunch of questions. Yeah. So. Like,
0: why does he care? Yeah. Um, because, you know, I was, it was like, oh, said, I'm wondering the same thing. Um, but basically Peter had a sister who had a breakdown like Kimberly and apparently she didn't make it through. Right. Um, which was sort of like this great moment where <laughs> where Sid goes oh your sister was a psycho too
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> because you know tact
1: said tact well, yeah. yeah and she can't wait to tell Michael
0: no and so yeah Peter says well you know keep this between us I'm telling you this in confidence, and stay out of my business and she's like uh, right and as soon as he leaves the room she's like picking up the phone and she's like Michael I gotta see you I gotta talk to you now
1: yep that's exactly what happens incidentally speaking of rewriting history they will give Peter a slightly different backstory another season from now
0: wow does the dead sister come back to life
1: no but the dead sister is, ends up dying for like another reason oh dear they didn't have show Bibles or
0: maybe they did and they just didn't care.
1: Um, I guarantee you this show did not have a Bible.
0: Okay. Okay. So now we're going to go back to shooters where Matt's still drunk and playing pool. Yep. And um, and a guy comes in looking for him. Yep. And he is from... Uh, a, a gay and lesbian civil rights coalition.
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah,
0: and and he says that you know they have free legal services for people who've been victims of discrimination, which Matt has been. Um, Michael called them in. Right. And uh, Matt's not thrilled about that.
1: Yeah, Matt deduces it, and he's like, "No, I'm not interested." Michael shouldn't have called you. Blah blah blah.
0: Um, but then, you know, the guy, the, the guy that came is like not happy with Matt um, because he basically says, you know, he tells Matt, like, you need to fight for, for the rights. Of, you know, you're fighting for your rights. is like fighting for the rights of the entire group, you know, right. and, this and is very
1: helpful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like this is, this, this is, this is not about you anymore. This is about everybody else as well and making sure that their rights aren't stomped on. And so, you know, you're being a coward. Um, so, you know, we'll see if Matt takes that to heart.
1: Yeah, exactly. We'll see
0: soon. Speaking of heart.
1: Oh, H-A-R-T. Yeah.
0: (laughs) We're going back to Mackenzie Hart.
1: Yeah. And guess what? This story still sucks.
0: Okay. So Jane's mad because Richard told everybody at work about the engagement because she wanted to keep it a secret. What I don't understand is why.
1: Why? Like, you're broadcasting everything. You're, you're manufacturing these major lies. Like, yeah, isn't this what you w- w- essentially wanted to happen? Right.
0: Um, they attempted to answer this, the why, though, which was, I thought, kind of good on them. But I still, it didn't ring true, is that she claims she wants, it's the first, this is the first time that she can be in charge of her life. And not def- her, and not defined by a man.
1: Yeah, she's like I've always been Mrs. Mancini. I've or someone's fiance or someone's sister or whatever. I'm like that's not really true here, and that's not really more true for you than anyone else. Also, you've been divorced from Michael for like two and a half years, and you're still calling yourself Jane Mancini. So who's doing this to who? Right.
0: Um and so he's sort of like, well, I'll never do that to you and you know, you are your own woman and whatever whatever and they and they hug and it, again, one of those things where I was like, I don't even know what the hell's going on here. You know, like yeah. why bother?
1: Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like I don't really understand what is happening eclipsed only by how little I care. Right.
0: So, we're just going to leave them in their warm embrace and go to Miami where Brooke is at the library, I guess.
1: Yeah. She's like looking up microfiche records for Amanda. How did she
0: even know what to look for? Doesn't make
1: sense. Like, no, doesn't, doesn't make sense.
0: All right. Anyway, she finds um, Amanda's marriage announcement in the local newspaper, I guess, the Miami Herald. And so she finds out that Amanda, what is it? Parisi. Mm -hmm. There's a Mr. Parisi. I don't remember the husband's name. Jack. Jack. And so super sleuth Brooke looks up Jack and finds his house in Miami where she promptly goes and claims that her car broke down and she needs to use his phone.
1: Yeah, Nancy Drew over there.
0: Yeah, all sorts of improbability things going on here. But let's just leave that aside. Um. But she does this, like, weird info dump when she walks into his house. Did you notice that?
1: Yeah, it was hard not to, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It was, like, this very bizarre info dump about how she was from out of town and her car broke down and blah, blah, blah. So, anyway, when she goes in there, she sees this really bad portrait of Amanda that's sort of, like, in a place of honor. Oh, it's a terrible painting. Yeah, it's hilarious. Oh, my God, it's so bad. Um, and she's sort of is like looking at it and is like, is that your wife? And he was like, she's dead.
1: Yeah. So. He's like, she's dead. The phone is over there. Yeah. So, while she's on the phone, he goes right through her bag.
0: Now, how did he know to be
1: suspicious? I mean, something about her is very suspicious. And I also think it's partly because. He's a not good guy, so he knows all the tricks anyway. But um, beyond that, it's because the show needs him to be suspicious. Right.
0: Okay. Well, you know, and hilariously, like, meanwhile, like, you know, he's pointing out the phone and in walks, like, his bodyguard eating a his sandwich. Engine. Yeah. Which is, like, it was so, it was, like, this weird cross between the Godfather and Scarface.
1: This whole, Wait, this whole scene. it's not... I mean those they're brothers in arms there essentially, like yes, yeah, it's he's definitely yeah, he's got minions and henchmen all over this house,
0: and they eat sandwiches,
1: yeah, which is I think exactly what does happen, yeah, yeah,
0: um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's Brook in Miami' because I think this is that's it she like flies home
1: and, yeah, and then we'll see her again back in the office, right, right, but the uh, jam- job's done.
0: So while Brooke is in Miami, um, Billy goes to Jane's because he's going to help Allison. I guess they're going to go over some work stuff.
1: They're working on this new Lindy's chocolates or whatever account.
0: And, um, and he's been, I guess, explaining the storyboards to Allison so that she can be inspired to write really great copy. Right. Um, you know, so she's got a glass of wine for him. And then I don't even know how this happened. She just suddenly admits that she can see.
1: No, because this is the my second favorite moment in the show. I guess so, I
0: missed something here, because I was like, what?
1: Because it, it's actually worth going back and rewatching. It's a visual, because she's talking about the, like the campaign and the copy, and he's making all these faces. He's making, like, monkey faces. He's, like, raising his eyes really wide and lifting his eyebrows and, like— tugging on his ears and like anything to like try and catch her seeing him. And eventually she does. She like stops herself and she's like, what are you doing making those faces? And then she, the cat is out of the bag. So she's like, okay. And he's like, so Brooke was right. You can see. And she's like, my sight just came back and I really was going to tell you, but it just happened. And he's like, but you're going to lie to me longer. And she's like, all right, fine. If you're mad, he's like, I have to leave. I don't like being lied to. And she's like, fine, leave if you're mad at me. But but if there's another reason why you're mad, well, that's something different.
0: And she also was like, how can you be mad at me for lying because Brooke is more dishonest than I am? I was like, well, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily your best argument, Allison, Not but
1: your, okay. <laughs> your <position> here, yeah.
0: <laughs> Go ahead and use it. All right, so we're going to go back to the beach house um, after Allison has blown her second chance with Billy here, um, where Michael and Sid are having grappa, which, um, and, and Sid is apparently drunker than a skunk.
1: Yeah, so Michael's just opened the grappa, but Sid is apparently already wasted.
0: Although, that's I really, will say,
1: really cute
0: grappa will do that to you.
1: Yes, but they apparently have not had that yet. Yeah, but she could have smelled it and it would make her drunk. Well, and she does. She's like, what is this,
0: jet fuel? Yeah, and that's how strong Grappa is.
1: Oh, well, then that's, yeah. that's, that's exactly why she acts as drunk as she does. Yeah,
0: so anyway, um, they're talking about Peter's sister and he's flirting with her and she's like, nah, we've done that before. That's not a good idea. Um, but then they end up hooking up.
1: Well yeah, like five seconds later into the seduction scene, Michael is carrying her to bed. Yeah.
0: Yeah with the Grappa.
1: And she's completely infatuated all over again. Yeah. In a way that is I think very sweet.
0: Yeah. So Grappa wins again.
1: I, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh. where are we? Um
0: yeah, okay, uh. yeah. I I I have oh, I have a yay here because I love them together. <laughs> I do. They're so well, they're so perfect together. And so play well. off. It's such a great, it's such a great dynamic and I love to see them together. So that was I a agree. highlight uh, for me for the episode. Now we're going to go back to the psych hospital where, um, you know, the nurse or whoever walks into Kimberly's room and she's like, you have visitors and guess who it is.
1: Yeah. It's, it's our new couple. Michael and said. Yeah.
0: And they basically show up to taunt her because pretty much, they are not going to let poor Kimberly get out of the hospital. They're like, absolutely not. They want her locked away for good. And so they decide that they're going to go and taunt her as like a couple. Um, and, and honestly, I thought the whole thing was really stupid. And I thought the whole thing was actually pretty sad.
1: Yeah. We don't really need stories like that. Like Kimberly can be on the edge all on her own. We don't. No, we don't actually need this.
0: Yeah. No, we really don't. And I. And I just. Uh, you know. And also like the fact that she was like in like getting shock treatment. Like the last scene. We. The last time we saw her, she was getting shock treatment. And then to have these two come in and do this like weird dance to like make her go like crazy. You know.
1: To really push her. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So that she like lashes out. Like, I was just kind of like, you know, this is really kind of unnecessary and also, frankly, not real in the sense that I believe after shock treatment, you're rather catatonic.
1: Um, well, especially, yeah. So this was probably, like, pretty, like, quickly after yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I thought that this was um importation very poorly done.
1: Yeah, I think it was not, like, really researched.
0: yeah. And, um, and anyway, Peter storms in because he doesn't work. He's never far. He's never far. Um, and we wrap that up quickly. Thank God, because I, I just was like, ugh, this, this is bad. This is really bad. Um, so we're going to go back to D and D where Brooke is back. Um, she, I guess she went straight from the airport to work.
1: Yeah. Seems to be what happened.
0: Yeah. And she tells um, her husband there that uh, Miami was a windfall beyond our wildest dreams. And um, and then Allison shows up and goes, "Hey Brooke, I can see." I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's another favorite moment. She's like, "Brooke, I have some good news." And Brooke's like, "Oh, you got your sight back? I thought so. Goody for you." Yeah. And, and from there goes right into Amanda's office, right?
0: Yep, goes straight to Amanda.
1: And this is Doug's favorite moment number
0: four oh and when Amanda tries to choke her
1: yeah yeah that awesome. was
0: good that was good um and and, uh, and Brooke is you know so, so Brooke spills that she was in Miami and she knows uh, Amanda's last name and Amanda like basically like chokes her and like pushes her into a wall and she's got her yeah, hands around her yeah. throat.
1: She, yeah. She, she walks her all the way into the wall with her arms, with her yeah hands around her and throat. it was a
0: great Heather Lockley
1: moment. It was. Who, it was you know, Heather, so good.
0: Yeah. Heather can be pretty one note and this was great.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and so Brooke basically is like, look, I met your husband and Amanda's like, you have no idea what you're going getting into. He is not a nice exactly.
1: man. Exactly.
0: Um, so, um, so, but Brooke doesn't care and she basically demands a few changes at g Yeah,
1: blackmails her, yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so we're going to go to Shooters.
1: Where, um. Shelly is now an employee. Yeah,
0: Shelly's been employed to do the books, which was going to be Joe's job.
1: Right, because Sid was gone, and Sid apparently had done the books and done them well. So so um, now Shelley has moved in, essentially, to Jake's apartment and Jake's place of work.
0: Yeah, so um, Joe is, once again, not happy about any of this.
1: Um, Joe's stopping by on her way to her next assignment, which is... Um, the uh, the next Mancini Hart event. Just throwing that out there.
0: Oh, right, right, right. She's on her way to, to shoot the fashion show.
1: The, yeah, the- she was like, in a sort of flirty way, she's like, I thought I'd come here first so you could wish me luck.
0: Yeah, and Jake's like, good luck. Bye.
1: Yeah, it's like, say hi to Shelly on your way out. Bye. Yeah,
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, you know, Jake says something like, Oh, I thought that we agreed to take this slow. And Joe was like, Slow is different from standing still. So, like, basically, the relationship is doomed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And basically, Jake is sabotaging it. Right.
0: Um, meanwhile, uh, Matt shows up because Tom, the guy from the LGBT uh, organization, is there. Yes. LGBT. Sorry. I'm- and, yeah. Matt,
1: and Matt is now sober again.
0: Yeah. Matt's no longer drunk. Um and Matt tells him he's changed his mind and he wants to sue. And I was like,
1: Yay, Matt. Yeah.
0: So good for you. Um so now we go back to D and D. I guess it's later that that same day. And Amanda's called emer- an emergency meeting of the three people who only seem to matter at D and D.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh Billy Brooke and Allison. Um and uh Brooke
1: gets what she wants. Changing. Yeah, and um, yeah, Brooke gets her merit raise and promotion, and and uh, Amanda says to Allison, "Allison, you're if you think this is a demotion, you're correct. However, you will still receive the same salary. Um, you can't ask me any questions about this. This is the way it is. Goodbye." Like very defeated. I mean, this is absurd, but but she's playing defeated, right. and she goes to the elevator and and. Allison, now that she can see, knows exactly how to follow her. Um, and she talks to her, and she's like, Brooke blackmailed you, didn't she? And Amanda's like, Allison, stop it. The old me is back. The nice Amanda is gone. And then she says something like, don't you hate it? You open yourself up, and you just get hurt all over again. And it's like, well, Amanda, let's not get carried away. You didn't open yourself up to anything. All you did was leave the key to your private drawer in your office where – Where manipulative Brooke could find it, but but yes.
0: Well, actually, she she said, and I actually liked this line. She said, "You know, you try to be human, and someone punches you in the gut."
1: Yeah, you know.
0: So yeah, it was. But I don't know. I I mean, yeah, true. Like, and oh, poor poor Amanda. But it was a point. I mean, she was being kind. Her she was she was being kind to Allison. She was. You know, she actually was not being that sort of like raging banshee that she could be.
1: Um, And then Brooke basically sabotaged her. But you know what? Brooke would have done this no matter how Amanda had been acting.
0: Yeah, that is
1: true. It's not like like Brooke saw a weakness in Amanda and exploited it. Brooke just did what the opportunity gave her. And it would have been there either way. Exactly.
0: So um, I guess we're going to go to the fashion show where Joe's shooting...
1: Ugh, yeah the bad fashion yeah.
0: the bad mall fashion that was parading down the <laughs> i was like oh i remember
1: that oh i yeah. remember that Ooh, i remember that
0: um and
1: jane has an announcement to make
0: yeah and so you know at the end of the fashion shows like the designer comes out and like takes a bow you know well well, you know, you kind of expect nothing's going to happen because Mackenzie Hart is supposed to still be... Mackenzie's supposed to still be alive.
1: Right, she's secretly alive, yeah.
0: But she's, so, but she's or really dead, dead, so she can't come out. Um, so Jane comes strutting out at the end of the fashion show and introduces herself as the designer of the line, completely blindsiding Richard.
1: Yeah, and she's like, yeah, these uh, designs are all mine. And all the models are like, we love you, Jane. We're hugging you, Jane. Let Richard fume. Um, yeah.
0: And so Richard is angry, and he basically fires her.
1: Yeah. But yeah. don't worry, we'll we're going back to square one in about five seconds.
0: Yeah. Um, so we're going to go to the beach house where Michael now, um, you know, Sid comes home and she's all ready for you know,
1: sexy time, sexy
0: time with Michael, and he completely rejects her.
1: And she's like, Ugh, I fell for it again, didn't I? Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Because he's like, I was just using you because, you know, Kimberly had to think it was real and she would tell if it was fi- if we faked it. So yeah. I was just using you and I don't need you anymore. Yeah. And so she's like, yeah, foiled again.
1: And then we go right to um, the the Wilshire building for Michael and Peter's practice. Right.
0: Right. And they can't use the phone. Right, they can't figure out how to use
1: the phone. They figure voicemail or phone, the phone, something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so, um, you know, she Sid comes strutting in, and they're like, "Well, there you are. You know, you're late, and we can't figure out the phone." And she's like, "I'm not late. I quit."
1: Yeah.
0: And Michael's like, "Well, good riddance. I'll call a temp agency." Yeah,
1: it's but- like we'll have a replacement in tomorrow. And then Peter goes to Sid. He's like, "I need you here. I need you to keep Michael in check. Um, I will pay you an extra hundred dollars a week." right? Isn't that what he said? Yeah. A,
0: yeah under the table. Yeah. It's between
1: us. Yep. So Sid is going to stay.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's going to stay because then she was like, you want me <laughs> to spy on Michael? And he was like, stop being so dramatic. And she was like, but I want to spy. And he's like, oh, okay, <laughs> you can spy on Michael. <laughs>
1: um, and uh, I should say also, this episode has several of the scenes that they use for the new images of our actors in the opening credits. Matt at the bar is one of them. Jane, when she's at her fashion show, is one of them. And I think there might be a third that also comes from this episode, but I can't remember specifically which which one it is. But, but I just want to put that out there for oh, so all this was people.
0: an important episode. To
1: well, pass. I guess all of those things come from, like, episode three or four of whatever the season is, when they have, like, when they putting that together,
0: I had no idea that. Um, so now we're at the ocean. I don't
1: know no, what. Good.
0: Yes. I don't know what beach Jane, we're at.
1: Jane, it's nowhere near where she lives, but this is where Jane goes to run. Yeah.
0: Um, I didn't even know Jane jogged, but there you go. Um, so remember how two scenes ago, three scenes ago, Richard fires Jane for blindsiding him. Well, now he's chasing her down at the beach while she's on a run.
1: Um, and knows exactly when she'll like emerge from the trail so that he and his car can cut her off. Here. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. Because, because yeah, he's here with the Mia culpa.
0: Yeah. Um. And and she basically says, I, you know, I'm fine. I've been fielding plenty of offers, including one from Vera Wang. And I'm like, then, honey, why? <laughs> why are you going to Mackenzie Hart? Then go to Vera Wang. Go. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but he's sorry. He's, he's, he's sorry about what he did, but mostly he's sorry because the bankers said, no, Jane, no, 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 no credit.
1: Yeah. Which do these bankers know her history?
0: I know. Do they know she bankrupted a company already?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so it's kind of like this weird (laughs) mea culpa because it's like, he's like, I need you back. You're, you know, you're the heart, you're the heart of the company, but really I need you because they're going to pull my line of credit.
1: Yep. Commerce meets heart. Yeah. It was all very, very weird.
0: So he's sorry, not sorry.
1: Exactly. That's right. Um,
0: and so she's like, well, I'll stay, but we have to, it's going to be Mancini heart now. And he was like, no, heart Mancini. And she was like, okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought he was going to give her whatever she wanted, like, but not but that's where the line is drawn now. Okay, fine.
0: But now he wants to talk about the engagement and she's like, well, one step at a time.
1: Yeah. And then she goes back to running. Yeah. She's like, I win.
0: (laughs) The whole thing is so weird. He just fired her. He hires her back because of the line of credit. Okay, fine. But then he's like, now let's talk about our wedding. Let's make wedding plans. Like what?
1: Yeah. You don't
0: like her. You can't like her after all this. I don't know. So now we're going to go back to um, D&D, where Billy and Allison are commiserating about
1: Brooke. Yeah.
0: So Allison is talking mad shit about
1: Brooke. Truths, in other words. Truths,
0: yes, to, to Billy, who's not saying that's not true. Right. But he's not exactly supporting her either.
1: No. No, because he's really getting fed up with all this shit, too, which you knew her for five minutes before you proposed, so you have no one to blame but yourself, Billy. Right,
0: right. So Allison basically knows that something happened in Miami, um, that, that Brooke found something out, um, and, and they need to figure out what it is. And, and Billy's like, you're on your own. Um, but meanwhile, uh, Amanda is shedding her past life,
1: Yeah, I don't know why Amanda kept all these documents in the first place. I don't know why she kept them in her drawer at work and not at home either. But now, after all these years, she's like, well, I need to shred this. Yeah. But, like I said, the damage is done. Right. Because... While she's
0: shredding, Delta, or no, United Airlines flight something from Miami is landing
1: at LAX and Guess is on the plane. That's right. Jack Parisi has landed in LA with his driver and they do this big slow-mo thing of him with his Miami vice jacket, putting his sunglasses on, walking into LA about to do damage.
0: Yes. And, um, and that's how they wrapped it, right? That was it. it. So we're going to have to, you know, sort of see what happens next episode between Amanda and her former husband. Do they reconnect? Um Does she need to go into
1: witness protection yeah we're I think it 's as soon as next week we We get more of the backstory, we get more sympathetic Amanda to the point where almost everyone on the show is pretty much like nice to her it 's either next week or the week after it 's one of those, but it 's like like Amanda finds that she has fewer foes than she has in the past.
0: Well, course, I think I think probably. that's good. She's going to need them.
1: She is going to need them.
0: So, it was kind of a packed episode, huh?
1: Yeah, we've talked for like an hour. So, yeah, there was there was a lot getting set up here.
0: Yeah, and it was a good one. It was definitely a good one. Um still some storylines that leave your head scratching, but um I think that I think that we're 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 being propelled forward. Yes. I think so, too. And and I think that there's enough meat here um, to keep us
1: going. Incidentally, um, so we're getting close to the actual episode that brought me back to the series, never to be parted from it again. Because I watched it in... Um, like season one, and then stopped because it became a different show. And I knew stuff was happening, but I wasn't watching it all through seasons two and three. And then, like eight or so episodes into season four, was when and it was my mom and dad actually who had seen an ad for something to come. They were like, "Oh, I saw blah 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 is happening at Melrose Place. Um, it looks funny or whatever." So, I, and we ended up watching that episode together, and that's what drew me back in. And I was like, "This show's amazing!" Um, oh cool so, so we're not there yet i think we're still a couple episodes away um but and i will obviously go into it uh, again when uh, when that happens cuz it should be celebrated but um but we're coming we're coming back to to that excellent so yeah cool anyway that was simply shocking guys
0: and it was simply simply shocking it was something let us know what you thought um at uh, what is it called?
1: The Facebooks. Yeah. Let us know on Back on the Block pod on Facebook. Um, also, let us know if you agree about the Sydney delight comparison. And um, always remember to give us five stars on iTunes because it brings us joy.
0: Yes. And you want to bring us joy.
1: Trust me. Bring us joy and then we can return it and send it back to you.
0: No, just give us joy.
1: Or, or just give Karen what she wants.
0: Just, just give me what I want. Good.
1: So what I want to do is uh, head on over to Hollywood Boulevard now. What do you think? Okay. You guys, we'll see you over there. And then afterwards, we'll catch you next week when we're back on the block.